This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He has been on the podcast many times before, but never a sit-down, one-on-one, just the two of us. Singer, songwriter, producer, writer, many other nouns that I don't even know (laughs) from Paul and Storm. It's Storm. Thank you, Joseph. It's awesome to be here. I'm very excited about this. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing it. And you are, I have known for years uh, from hanging out at bars, at conventions, that you are are a treasure trove of obsessions. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a survival skill uh, <laughs> that I can, I do. I lock in on things and I just go deep on them. And I don't, I never lose any of these obsessions, but some lie dormant and some are, are much more active than others. Yeah, they kind of go up and down a little bit as yeah. you go. But that's always fascinating to me now, having done this podcast for years, where there's some people I ask like, hey, would you like to do it? And they're like, I don't know if I'm really obsessed with anything. And that's <laughs> always not true. Yeah. But like you are in uh, my minds and I, my minds, I don't have two minds, one mind. In my mind, you are a very classic nerd, which I mean in a positive way, mm-hmm. which you are uh, thoughtful and intellectual and have a fun side. And I think that all lends itself to being like, I'm going to get really interested in the crunchy details of something and oh, have fun knowing a lot. For sure. Like if your brain is basically always on and you're interested in something and you you tune it into a thing. Yeah. They, for many topics, there's no, there's no end to how obsessed, how deep you can go <laughs> on it. And the top, I don't want to spoil the topic yet, yeah. uh, but that this one in particular, there's so many branches to it that I feel I had that in my mind too, which was, am I really obsessed about this? Because I don't know absolutely every fact about this area and that area. But no, I feel like most people don't go nearly as far out of their way to learn these things, to visit these things. Um, than I typically do. So I, yeah. I, I, I feel honest about it. Yeah, I feel like it's so important to me that obsession is just about how you react to the thing and almost like just like how much at any given time you uh, let it fill up the amount of time you have to think or feel during a day and so much not about knowledge. As we're recording this, I just finished uh, competing in this Star Wars trivia contest, oh, which I've man. done a couple times, which yeah. is this big live show. It's kind of a, it's the, called the Schmodown, so it's got this sort of like wrestling element. So there's a performance element of your cutting your promos. And was the Force with you? The Force, well, I uh, can't remember exactly when it's going to drop, so I won't say. Go, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, but I crammed my mind full, and it, it there's a difference between knowledge and obsession. Yes, very much. Yeah. I was, I was a little worried with this one that um, that it was just going to be a history lesson, but no, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. All right. Then let's get into it. Your obsession. I, yeah, I'm obsessed. Drum roll is, let me see if I get this right. Yeah. The history of U.S. roadways and railways. Yes. And, and waterways, systems of transit, <laughs> and to some extent cities, if we want to go that far. I'm tempted to just label this systems of transit and see if people that think that's like a 90s band that they don't know. Ooh, yeah, I saw them at Bonnaroo five <laughs> years ago, although it only had three of the original transits. <laughs> river the river wasn't in it at the time. The river moved on. He's yeah, getting yeah. A, a PhD. <laughs> that seems about right. All right, so for your definition, what does this obsession mean? Okay, uh, obsession in transit is when you are in a place, any place, you often take for granted the roads that are around you, uh, why they are, where they are, 
the cities, why they're formed the way they are by these systems of transit, how they developed, why they developed, why they changed, why they didn't change, thinking about it, and also seeking artifacts on that subject. And seeking artifacts is great. Yes, and seeking out places. Uh, or going out of your way, if uh, in particular with roads. Okay. You have the choice of going on the highway, or you can take another three hours and travel a section of Route 66, for example. Yeah. Uh, you choose column B if you're obsessed. If not, you're <laughs> like, oh, that's where Route 66 was. <laughs> Great. And I use that example because it's one of the more famous yeah. uh, of the of the old uh, old roads. Yeah. So now, when you. Uh, think about this your obsession obviously you can factually learn like of course this city is here because like for example minneapolis is there because of saint anthony falls because it was a power source a very popular reason to place a city in a place yes rivers right i mean anybody who plays any kind of board game right is kind of familiar oh, sure with carcassonne th- that, yeah you, you the, got the general deal yeah rivers but then i don't think that people think about like the same thing's going to happen when you come along and make a highway or a freeway that's going to cut through a city. It's going to go a place for a reason, maybe a sociopolitical reason, maybe a practical reason, all that. Do you find yourself, when you're studying that, putting your own uh, value judgments on it or opinions about the, the realities that made those choices happen? I think I generally think of it as a puzzle. Okay. And that, uh, especially it, whether you say a crossword puzzle or a jigsaw puzzle, once you understand how the puzzle works, then you can sort of untangle what's there and figure out, does it match any of the usual patterns, what's unusual? And maps are common to all this entire obsession and coalesce around it. It's a physical thing that to me are like time machines. So yeah. for me, it's it's imaginative, it's a little bit intellectual, and that puzzle aspect, I think, is what I love so much. But not so much judging, except for in the case of things called like Lee Highway, which was named for Robert E. Lee. Okay. But as far as, um, you know, that was a dumb place to put a city. <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you put the railroad there? Though for sure, once you learn about these things, there are a lot of dumb things that, yeah. that, that, that happen. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 great. So when you, you get most excited when you see a, like maybe a road or even like a town and like, there's not an immediately obvious reason for it to be there, but you know from experience there has to be like a, a railway used to pass through here or there yes. used to be a resource here. Or a port. Um, two, two examples of that. Uh, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and this is something very popular around the country, are rails to trails where there were Ooh, yeah. rail lines that were generally not main lines as in the main railroads that carried freight across country, but regional lines or local lines that – cut through a lot of suburban areas in particular, and that served mostly industry. There might have been some passenger service, but usually it was sporadic. And you'll be in a place and you'll see these very well manicured trails. And this isn't the start of the obsession for me, but it definitely feeds it. Wherever you are, you see these, and there will usually be a small uh, display about it. And then you start to play it out uh, of, okay, this building that is very nice building that's practically in the woods. What? Why is this here? And then you might realize, oh, because there used to be a railroad here, and this was a depot, and now they've repurposed it as uh, as a soft serve shop or whatever oh, really? it is. These little things that crop up. So just be walking through like a nice trail, and then there's an old depot that's been turned into an ice cream. Things like that you will find. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. Because you'll have, um, and a lot of the reason why these routes were originally developed, like even before the highway system was commerce saying, Hey, we have our town. There's this new technology for building roads or railroads. 
uh, hey, we'll give you a little money if you route that route through our town. Yeah. And it's kind of continued with these trails where you have uh, the townships that realize this can be a resource that people will be attracted to live there or to visit and that businesses would also be able to benefit and they see tax revenue. Yeah, yeah. You talked about uh, where your your obsession began. So you said it wasn't these trails, but do you remember where it began? Were you like, a, is there an origin story? You're like a kid in the library and like, wait a minute. Two things. <laughs> Transit. Yeah, I would say yes. I was always fascinated with trains. Okay. And uh, grew up in the D.C. area, but used to visit New York City all the time. It's where half of my family was from, and we'd visit them. And I remember loving going on the subway. And this was in the 70s. So if you loved the New York City subway <laughs> in the 70s, you really like trains. <laughs> but there would be these, uh, the elevated trains. The J train was the one that took me from my grandparents' house downtown. We shouldn't go because you'll die. <laughs> but I remember you would see these rails that would curve off. Yeah. And just dead end at what was clearly like a, you know, a bricked up wall. And there used to be a train there. And I'd imagine, whoa, that probably went someplace really cool. And you can't go there anymore. And so my imagination would fill in the blanks. Yeah. And I think I carried that to me to my school. And this was like in first grade. I remember it was on this big hill and it was a, a planned community. So it was in a new planned community. So you still had houses being built. And you had culverts and Ooh. pipes and things. And I, I think I linked those and imagined, wow, that open sewer pipe that they just put in there, I'm pretty sure it links up with that with that spigot of a rail line off the oh. J train. And I, I would just knit it together and imagine that if I just dug down a little bit, I could probably connect into this entire subterranean world that connects everything together. Oh, wow. And in a way, it's true. Like, if you think about it, when you step out onto the pavement of a road, if it were like a circuit board, there's a continuous amount of pavement yeah, pretty much across the entire content. And so, too, with the rail. If you're staring down a rail, especially when there was much more rail around than there is now, yeah. you're effectively connected up and your mind can project to all the places that that, that might lead you. Yeah. That's really fascinating that that was your first thought. I mean, it, it makes sense uh, as a kid, that uh, idea of, well, that you must have gone somewhere really cool. Because that element of nostalgia, but more than anything, there's that element of any kind of travel has that sense of possibility yes. and adventure. And we know, you know, in reality as adults, that sometimes roads just go to boring places. Oh, like, most of the time. That train goes to the DMV. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it goes to the land of Oz. <laughs> yeah, there's which no, is called the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> there's no point of adventure, right? But there's still that sensation. And that's really amazing that that's what hooked you even on uh, a railroad, because I wanted to ask you about that with roads themselves, about the, the romance of the story of the highway freeway system mm-hmm. in America and Jack Kerouac on the road and mm-hmm. all that. Do you think that that is... Um, that is just like romance, that is just a level of mid-century propaganda, or from your own uh, beginnings of adventure, do you feel that that's true, that a road, no matter where it goes, has that potential to go somewhere unbelievable and carries that excitement with it? I think it does, and I think in this country it manifests itself because of the the expansion that 
occurred in this country. Yeah. And that was real. Now, nostalgia, I feel, in general, is a bad thing. That nostalgia highlights just the good and forgets the fact of, say, wiping out indigenous populations. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, there was a cost to that, and it wasn't entire people. Right. We're all connected. We can drive through just hundreds of miles of people, of places where we were horrible to people. Yeah. Right. And the railroads in particular, it was very ugly. Like, in order to protect this corridor, uh, Transcontinental Railroad at first and others, you had Philip Sheridan, who was uh, a cavalry officer in the Civil War, who was... Uh, really key to winning the war for the Union, that they then said, great, you're good at this kind of stuff. Let's go make sure that we keep this railroad safe at all costs. Oh, wow, yeah. And it was brutal. So don't want to don't want to minimize that aspect yeah. of it. So for sure, there is a romantic element to it. But I think there is truth in it in that um, because there has been a true opportunity for people, um, not all people, but an opportunity that... If you go west, young man, as yeah. the saying goes, that there is opportunity there. And I even remember um, picture books as a kid. I was attracted to the ones where it was the kid who lived in the the little village and could see the, the far-off castle. And yeah. maybe someday I'll go into London town and I'll be a, <laughs> I'll be a dandy. <laughs> and he goes to London town and he becomes a dandy. So, yeah, I'd say there's romance to it. Um, but that that romance is grounded in real things that these systems of transit can do. Yeah. So do you find yourself as an adult still feeling that childlike feeling of what's around that next bend on a road you haven't been on before? Definitely. And uh, my uh, Mrs. Storm and I, we seek out uh, remote corners of the world okay. as, as we're able. And that's something that we love to do is is find these things. Like we went out to uh, some friend's wedding out in Denver and decided we'd go to the Great Sand Dunes Park, which is like a three or four hour drive south of Denver. Okay. And along the route, uh, we took the scenic route for that reason. We wanted to see where it led. And uh, it led to a couple of very fascinating places that there were many more rail lines that went through the mountains for mining primarily. Ooh, okay. Including this one ghost town that used to be this thriving company town that was the place where they mined for molybdenum. <laughs> when you hear of chromium steel, as in the song Allentown, chromium steel, <laughs> uh, that was one of the key ingredients. Okay. And this one mountain uh, was where they got most of it until they found other sources throughout the world and started to... Um, to uh, do horrible things to extract it from those places. But you come around this bend from this road and there's this display and like there's half a mountain there because they, it's like they, they took, just blew up the rest basically. Like a massive ass ice cream scoop and just yeah. like, them. <laughs> and there's still a facility there, but uh, the town's gone and it was a literal company town. Like the company put it there so that the employees would have a place to live because it's just in the mountains. And um, once they closed it, um, they took the remaining houses and brought them down the hill to a, like a regular town. Okay. That was there. And like, eh, we're done here. We're done here, but you guys can still have your town here. That's fine. That A little ways away from the mountain is, uh, yeah. is where the actual town is now? There was a town that was, was there, and I, I cannot remember the name of the okay. town. Uh, but yeah, there was just an established town that was there. Um who, that had other business other than scooping out a mountain for its molybdenum. <laughs> <laughs> and that place is obviously not thriving now. Is it, It's not a big tourist uh, attraction, the, the scooped out mountain? Well, no. And that's the thing is if you went by, 
I don't think most people even stop and most don't. Yeah. But if you do, I feel like you're richly rewarded and you get the snapshot into this whole world that existed before in that place. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's just backward looking because you see these patterns repeating in that back then it was these mines and you still have mining and it's very important uh, collecting these minerals. But this idea of you're finding this new territory and you're staking out, I feel like most of it's in the digital realm now. Yeah. But the pattern is still there. You create this infrastructure in order to to harness whatever you're trying to harness. And at some point, you know, it may it may just become a backwater like MySpace. It, it carries on. And the same circuits in my brain trip when you see uh, like the Wayback Machine for the internet. These, yeah. These old branches that have sort of withered. Yeah. I was thinking about the exact same thing when I was thinking like, what's the value? I'm like, that's really, that's romantic and interesting. And there's the, the horrible truth of it too when you see a, a hollowed out mountain. Yeah. That's where my brain went too of like, that's websites. Yeah. That like, that used to be a path that was how you got yourself to be known by people is to go visit my website. We don't go there now because the freeway is Twitter now. That's right. And the double and triple cool of this particular story was they still have the rail line that's there. It's not used nearly as much because they're not scooping the mountain out. Yeah. But they also had a section of the old stagecoach lines that you could see as you were driving along. You see like on this ridge, like this, this path that is much eroded. So you probably could not just walk the path. Yeah. But it's there and it just... Again, it transports you back, and you can imagine um, stagecoaches called because a horse could only go so far pulling this cargo before you need to change them out. So this first stage would be how far that first that first horse team oh, would wow. go, and then you got to the second stage, and you would transfer, uh, they would swap out the horses, and on you go. Yeah, wow. and that shaped where towns were. So. Because you had to have some pl- infrastructure, like you can't just be like, okay, put the horses uh, 20 miles from here. Yeah. You had to have a place to put the horses, feed the <laughs> yeah, horses. There aren't horses just hanging out. They're not Ubers, right? Not- <laughs> you, 12 horses, get up to the junction right now. Right. And that's not visible on a map when you're thinking like just, is there a river there? Is a railroad used to be there? That's like something that you need to be clever to put together, right? That this is placed within yes. stagecoach distance. And in this case, we, had, we learned that from some of the exhibits we saw along the way. But if you really get into maps, you can, you can spot some of these things sometimes, especially where old railroads used to be, that you, they're often, um, the, the interstate highways are often built along the same rights of way as a railroad for a very good reason, which is that uh, a, lo- a train locomotive can only climb so steep a grade. Okay. And especially the older ones, maybe 1%, 2%, maybe 3%, which visibly, if you're going up a 3% grade, you're like, la da 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 do I'm on flat ground. But to a locomotive, that's like, oh, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> so when they surveyed for these railroads, they were looking, okay, how can we keep this at the level we need it to be, never cross this grade, and yet climb that hill? Yeah. So, so too, with the highway, you don't want to have it be any steeper than you need it to be. But with highways, a car can climb a steeper hill than a train. And so you're making different choices about, am I going to, you know, make it as straight as possible, which is the quickest way, or am I, or that require too steep a hill that would be too taxing or unsafe. Right. So it's going to bend by necessity, but it's always a fight. Yes, which is why if you're driving along a highway, like you'll see a railroad crossing back and forth, you're like, why are they just straight? <laughs> and it's because you know, the train can't 
climb a 10 degree uh, hill. Yeah, yeah. I have some more questions about that, but I want to go back to the scooped out mountain for just a second. It was awesome. Yeah, because yeah. it was so great. And I like, <laughs> I love talking about obsessions in lots of different ways, but I like it when you get down to like, uh, it's fascinating, but then also how can I apply it to, you know, what's what's going on in life? And I feel like not only is it the the sort of social media literal sort of travel, but I think that image of a bunch of people running in, basically like devouring a mountain yeah. and then running away yeah. is also like content now that we're so connected on social media. For sure. Like it's sped up now. Yeah, it's, it's sped the up. same thing. Like, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think you can even see that with like specific kinds of entertainment, certainly with a joke. If something happens in the news, <laughs> everybody uh-huh. runs in, hollows out the joke mountain. Yeah. And then and then it's a ghost town. And you're like, why would anyone ever make that comment again? And that cycle used to play out over weeks or even months. Uh, with 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 comedy or yeah. with movies, like when they were in the theaters, and that's where you saw them, and the movie would play all summer long and longer than that. But now the cycle is just so fast. Yeah, you're just scooping out that mountain, scoop it, <laughs> and then find that goodness, and build another railroad. All right, so it seems to me now that you started your adventure with that. Oh man, where will this go? Yeah, and now your joy is in finding out explicitly where that road went. And why? So it's not necessarily that openness of adventure, but more like I solved it. It was a stagecoach. Yeah. And, but the adventure now is projecting back in time and, and forward too. Like I like to imagine yeah. where would they put roads in Elon Musk's um, adventures in Boring where he's doing these tunnels? <laughs> like how, what are the ways that you can transit? Which it'll always be relevant until we figure out how to digitize our consciousnesses, if that's even possible. <laughs> and even then, they, the energy will have to travel That's right. right. There will still be pathways. Uh, yeah. I imagine so. It's hard to imagine it. but I said that with a lot of scientific authority. That's not <laughs> at all. <It's> like, <laughs> Into the future. I mean, like, oh, I've seen CGI. Our energy will have to transit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so you're, you're, you feel like you're still uh, going on an adventure of, of figuring out where it's going to go, like physically the movement of it. Yes. As well, like the kinetic energy of it even. I would say the last time I felt that 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 pure sense of I have no idea, we um, we honeymooned in Alaska, and this was uh, 50,000 years ago. <laughs> and we did um, the trip where you go up to Denali, the park and the mountain. And I remember just having it so vast and open, and there was basically one road that went in, and the road ended. And then it was just, you can go on foot after that. We did not. But that was my my soul, my heart, my yeah. thoughts were all, ah, I I want to know. Like, yeah. I don't want a map. I just want to go that way and, and see what's there. I'm not a kid, and I don't yeah. imagine it's the land of candy and muffins. <laughs> but, it, but it could be. <laughs> Who knows what's in that mountain? Uh, yeah. So that was a, a fun experience for you to have, like, the road ended. Yeah. And here is a destination, and it is a magical and impressive and and you can still get that. Like we love to go hiking, and we will. You know, obviously, you don't want to just go out into the woods. So you're on a on a trail, but we'll always uh, try to do the trail. You know, the roadless travel. Just yeah, going a little further if it's clear that it's something that has been traveled, and you're not just going to end up in quicksand. <laughs> um, that that you're often rewarded. And if you don't have expectations on exactly what you're going to find, yeah, that it, it can be magical. Yeah, that's really cool. So I want to go back to what you're saying about why roads are sort of why they bend and twist and why why railroads and uh, that it's not just the resources, but rather it's just the actual travel. 
So how do you relate like uh, our human choices about roads and railways with rivers? Because you also mentioned rivers. Yes. And rivers, if I might be being a dummy here, correct me if I'm wrong, like they just go through path of least resistance, right? Like physically, whatever. Yeah, that's right. The earth wants to. The physics of water. The physics and, of and water. Stone. And they're yeah. just going to, they're going to power through the weakest stone and carve out a space for themselves. Yep. Uh, do, do you think, how do you relate that to roads and railways? Roads, uh, sorry, waterways and the ocean themselves, you can almost say were the original major transit routes. Yeah. Because back in back before you had technologies um, to do roads well, the, the obvious big exception is the Romans. Like they saw the value of being able to dictate, you know, the fastest possible route yeah. to get your troops and, <laughs> and, your, and your commerce from yeah. point A to B. The best board gamers, the Romans. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes, you get all the building bonuses. Um, but in this country, uh, initially, because it was so vast compared to what the technology can do, just in clearing trees, that just took freaking forever. Yeah. It's just you and whatever animals you can convince into doing it. <laughs> um, and, you know, unfortunately, enslaved people uh, did a lot of that work. Yeah. But that for all of those reasons, um, the waterways, though, there they are. And... That is why they would cite the ports where they would, is where, okay, here is a safe place. You can you can put these boats and offload them. It's deep enough for these boats. And that would often be, that's your beachhead. And then different uh, cities were founded for different reasons by different people with different objectives. Yeah. But as the history of the country went on, it became, let's push in further and further. And so that's another fascinating thing with waterways, ports at first, is there were all these different cities that have just disappeared or cities that are still around, like Annapolis, that used to be on par with, say, Boston or oh, really? okay. Philly, but that as technology improved and they needed deeper draft boats, you couldn't do that in, in Annapolis. And that's a big part of why New York Harbor uh, is still Awesome is that it's a very large deep harbor when you consider uh, all of it in New Jersey, although a canal actually played possibly the <laughs> biggest role in New York City. But I've gotten away from your okay. question, which I've forgotten. Uh, it just, uh, oh, just how the hell I, I think part of what I'm uh, what I think about, like when I'm on planes and you see the rivers uh, and you see just kind of how weird and twisty they are. Yes. You know, that they're just plowing through. Uh, being mostly a city person and beginning to learn the history, at least specifically of like Minneapolis. And I imagine it's the same in many cities that sociopolitically the highways inside cities did the same thing where they plowed through the place of least resistance yes financially or culturally yes depending on the importance of what you're trying to get to yeah um but it was the quickest way on river because you weren't going to spend all the time building a turnpike unless there was enough money uh, to justify it yeah <laughs> but a river you had these cities along the river is relatively easy to get things one another compared to trugging them, trugging them through. Yeah, I'm going to truck, trugging them through the woods. <laughs> Boat trucking, right? Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about trains as well, because I think for me with roads, there's that um, that uh, romance of freedom. At least that's the way the highway. Beyond the road. Yeah, the thing. highway freeway is like well, America's all connected now, and you know that's why you should have a car because it's your independence. You know, like you can just. Go to Annapolis. Yeah. And that, like, it doesn't have to be an exciting thing. I remember my dad saying to me, like, what if you want to go to Duluth? And like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Duluth is a fine place. But he said it with like such romance in his eyes when he's like, uh, 
like talking about why it'll be so great. To, it was years before I could even drive. Like I, someday I, you can just go to Duluth. I want to know. I want to know your dad's Duluth story. <laughs> I, I think hear he's that. had some fun. He was a drummer in uh, in band. So I all think right, he, I think he probably had some fun times in in Duluth. <laughs> but it was that. It's not about the destination. It's about the freedom. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I really think about the uh, how the freeway system is is packaged. But trains, there's a different romance to me because it's almost more about. Uh, with not the commerce ones, but with the uh, people moving ones, that it's about this like you're locked in this little ecosystem, and a murder mystery might happen, or it might be like <laughs> it's fancy that you had a stake like you have anywhere, but you had it now on a moving train. Like <laughs> the, there's this different weird elegance and romance about uh, commuter trains, big railways, not subways. <laughs> oh yeah, gotcha. I actually, I feel a similar romance about trains, but it's a romance doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Like it used to be there was passenger service everywhere uh, or you can get to most points. And it was the same thing where if you were in some small town, well, you can hop on this train and you know, go to the land of candy and muffins. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the heck with this place. Uh, so that existed. But that's true. There is that other that other side of it. And it's still a thing. Like um, I love to go up to um, uh, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. And it's actually still on the main line from Washington, D.C. to Chicago on the Capital Limited, which is one of the few, uh, they call them name trains. That okay. It's not just the 172 Northeast <laughs> Regional. Uh, that there's still that romance of it and this idea that, oh, I'm on, I'm on the Capital Limited. And right. It's entirely impractical and it takes forever, but <laughs> it's the Capital Limited. And they definitely... Um, they definitely built up mythologies around it on all the major railways because it was a way for them to promote themselves yeah. as this romance and the service and the luxury and that they were competing with each other, yes, for passenger service, but mostly on freight, that they would woo uh, the the titans of industry and the cities themselves mm. using this as a resource and also saying, and I'll serve your people with our passenger service, which will make you, Mayor, Mayor, oh, crooked, <laughs> look really good. <laughs> so I think there's, uh, uh, maybe I'm cynical in, in why that whole world existed and certainly yeah. the Orient Express, these exotic uh, things, places you think of as exotic. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, there is something neat because... You know, are you going to take the bus or are you going to take the train? The answer is usually I take the train. And unless you're in a car where you can just decide where you're going to go, there's a certain singularity to a train. Yeah. Where it's 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 the thing. It's you know where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be. There's a certain level of comfort you expect with it. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, I don't think I have a, a point beyond that. Do you like the feeling on a train of? You're you're going fast. You're going somewhere. There's that mystery of where where, where are we going? What, what will we see out the window? But it is very limited sense of free will because you're literally railroaded. <laughs> oh, for sure, it's not it's not that kind of free will. Yeah. But for me, it's like being in the TARDIS, where especially if you've been on the roads between a place and another. Like I go up to New York quite a bit on the train. Yeah. But I've driven that a ton of times, and you feel like you're in this little secret channel and you're kind of bypassing uh, the drudgery of okay. the road. Yeah, and you get to see some new and exciting things. Yeah, and uh, you, you're seeing into people's backyards and it's flying by. And yeah. It's like a magic carpet. <laughs> Would you ever want to have the experience uh, of being, because there is that experience of getting the slightly fancy train ride. You, uh -huh. you can you can still kind of find that. It's not the same, I think, as it was probably back in the day. But would you want to have the opposite experience of like 
you can pay like a hundred dollars and you can stow away on you know a commercial train that's moving coal or whatever and you're like, <laughs> what was it actually like i've thought about it uh, <laughs> but uh actually our uh our our friend uh, john roderick has a great story which i won't tell because it's his story when he he kind of did that when his in his youth oh really he he, tra- he rode the rails he rode the rails and from from his telling it's horribly dangerous and <laughs> both for physical and social reasons uh, who knows who you're going to run in with yeah you could run into a young John Roderick on those rails <laughs> terrifying uh, but no it is you, I do have that thought like how cool would that be yeah. just to hop a car and just see where you end up yeah uh, because they, you can end up just about anywhere. Yeah. And do you like that feeling of other people have traveled this exact path? Yeah, I do. Thinking about like who's, who's, who has been on this path? Yeah, it is very much a time machine thing, especially if you're uh, traveling a main line. Now, granted, they, they do alter the routes over the years uh, for, for many different reasons, but I, I do get that. And in history in general, being in a place. And I know that, yes, the whole planet and every molecule on it is, is hurtling through space. And <laughs> technically speaking, we're not in the same place that we were just a second ago when I said that. <laughs> but still, in relative terms, yes, that idea excites me. Yeah. So we're hurtling through space. So eventually we'll get to the land of candy and muffins. I'm pretty sure that's where all this heads. <laughs> I'm hoping that. Now, I know you you have traveled roads a lot in your touring adventures, right? Yes. Uh, your band before Paul and Storm and then and with Paul, like... You've been on the road a lot, right? Yes, I've been in every state except for South Dakota. Yeah, and it's almost North like, Dakota. North, North Dakota. Dakota. Oh wow! And it's almost like a game where, where like, if a friend of yours is traveling, can be like, "Where's the most interesting place to eat near where I'm in? Yes. Where I'm at?" And you guys are like, "Cauliflower soup at Bobo's." And you're like, <laughs> yes. "What the hell are you talking about? Why do you I know that?" It's Bobo's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely uh, part of it too. There's a practical side to it. Yeah, and in my mind, there's a sort of the mythological map of the United States in my head. And for sure, like the big, the big um, poles in the ground are New York and, and Atlanta, whatever it is, yeah. but also um, the soup in Indianapolis and yeah. the, and the, uh, the ice cream store in Wilton, Iowa. Like these places <laughs> are just as big yeah. as Austin, Texas or Seattle, Washington. Yeah, and I think that's part of the the cool part of your obsession is that if you hadn't traveled these roads less traveled, you wouldn't have found these little places that are now more local, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they may be ordinary places to the people who are there, but it's perspective. And right. what's neat about maps and traveling, just that you can you can uh, broaden your yeah. perspective. Yeah. So I know you and your wife seek out new and, and different adventures. I almost slipped into Star Trek there. Uh, <laughs> but... How do you feel about you've traveled a road a bunch? Because obviously you have traveled the same roads multiple times. Do you still find that romance when it's just you've been on a little tour and you're in your sixth day in the minivan passing <laughs> trees you've passed many times before? Is the love still there? It changes. It becomes a more comfortable love. <laughs> but if it's, it's, if it's a good love, you'll always find new things. And I think that is true. Uh, where wherever one is, yeah. Although of course, if you've been living in a place for you know twenty years, it gets harder to find the new things. But that's where the past can come in handy: is that you can find old maps of a place and and then uh, imagine and correlate. Like, oh yeah, is that something you actively do? Because I know you know your area very well. I do. Uh, I have been collecting uh, relatively old maps of the Washington D.C. area for, gosh, really since about. 
the year 2000, 2000 or so. Okay. Um, and I find these old volumes of these government reports that have, uh, this was the government uh, congressional reports saying, all right, how do we spend our money? Well, here's the report from this agency or that agency. And okay, here are Here's everything we did with canals. Here's every dollar we spent on railroad spikes. And here's a map that shows you where this was. Yeah. And that is the true magic, especially in the D.C. area that has relatively a long history for this yeah. country. And that it's great because there's all these um, Civil War forts and even Revolutionary area forts that ringed the city of Washington, D.C., and there's actually one like a mile from my house. Oh, wow. And so I have this old map of the forts of Washington, D.C. from like 1864. And they're these made by the military, so they are as accurate as they can get at that time. And you can very much navigate by them. And you can very much see the contours um, of areas that weren't you know, completely blasted away yeah. for highways or suburban redevelopment and see the old little like oxbow lakes that were this it was a little bit of a road once and yeah. now it's just a a, a a parallel street where people park well that used to be the, the original road and yeah. oh by the way this entire stretch where these shops are that's because there used to be a rail line that went up this road yeah and you can see all of this and, and imagine what things were like that's really cool I, this could open up a whole thing that uh, we probably don't have time for but i'm curious just i dropped my pen in excitement <laughs> uh i just I'm, i i want to know the basics I only know like the rumors, the myths of streets being laid out in some sort of Masonic way <laughs> in the D.C. area. Is that just utter bullshit or? I would say it's bullshit in the sense that there's not a grand plan to, to bring Cthulhu and <laughs> whatever else. <laughs> there's no sigil. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they, they may have done a little uh, Easter eggs. Okay. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. A sort of a, great. hey, you know, we put this here because we could. But as far Freemason as... Freemason hipsters. Like, yeah. If you see this, that that's cool. Well, I don't know a ton about about Freemasonry in this country, but from what I read about it, it was, it was a real driving force and really progressive. Okay. Folks that were like... We're leaving behind sort of the, the entrenched religious struggles of Europe. Yeah. And we're like... Fuck that. Like, we're going to do this thing where it's more about, hey, about knowledge and pursuing it. And in Masonry, they found something that had the structures of religion and that there was discipline to it. There was organization. But that, um, again, I don't know a ton about it. Yeah. But that was more about um, about the pursuit of knowledge and yeah. applying it for the betterment of humanity. Okay. Cool. So I think there were Easter eggs, uh, for sure, in its design, but nothing that was, you know— ritual or okay. control that it was probably just informed by design sensibilities yeah because there are i know there are things in masonry that are are key geometries um, yeah so why wouldn't you yeah i mean it makes really uh, a lot of sense if a lot of our roads are moving the way they need to for resources or the way they uh need to because that's just always the way that that the uh, ox cart you know trail used to go <laughs> that why not uh, also have just like some design aesthetics of this is a pleasing line but but most of it was was practical yeah um Pierre Lanfant's design was was of its age and a very good one where where they were getting away from um the cities that were just grew up like London and Paris originally before they completely reworked that yeah that it wasn't just what was convenient it was thought out and planned um and for its day, it was planned very well. 
Now, these days, because our technology moves so much faster, it doesn't work the same yeah. <laughs> way. But no, there's some solid stuff. Yeah. All right. You mentioned Elon Musk, and I was going to ask about him anyway. And that is like the future of this obsession, right? Yeah. Of the, he is uh, boring underground. Yeah. And who knows uh, what else he might have coming. Do you have opinions as a, kind of an expert on systems of transit of how you think roads should be designed for the future or paths? I think the idea of, um, of building tunnels is, is pretty brilliant. Not as uh, a universal tunnels everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, comes down to the same thing. Like the reason why uh, Japan, Europe, and now China have these amazingly fast trains is they are as straight as possible with as little grade change as possible. Okay. And if you have cheap technology for excavating these tunnels... That means, you know, sorry, folks listening, you can't see these hand gestures <laughs> I'm about to make. But if you have a hill, traditionally what you would do is you would go zigzaggy around the hill or maybe get to a certain point and, and tunnel through. Yeah. And then on the other side, there might be a bridge because there's a valley on the other side. If you have cheap tunnel making, you can make those those um, straw holes straight through. Okay through these hills and mountains in a way that keeps things very straight. Yeah. So I'm all for it. Do you lose a lot of the romance of the curve going around the river? Yeah, you will. But ultimately, roads, unless you're Frederick Law Olmsted, and my God, that's another obsession that we won't get into right now. <laughs> your point isn't just the beauty of the road. Then, um, then yeah, the, really the purpose is to connect uh, and as efficiently as possible. Yeah, yeah. And th there's something to me about uh, talking about like learning like bigger life lessons from your obsessions. Some of our roadways are, well, there was a reason it was that way. Culturally, we don't remember it. Mm -hmm. Detectives like you rediscover it. But we still just go that way because it's kind of the way we've always gone. Yeah. And like the Elon Musk type ideas are interesting because it's his chance to reevaluate and say... Uh, is it right that we are doing it this way? Should this road still literally go this way or should it go a different way for some reason? Oh, yeah. Like most of the cities in the United States, there's no real reason they need to be where they are now except for that we've we've invested in these places and that's where the stuff is. And it doesn't make sense in my mind to abandon them. Yeah. Uh, you can make arguments about the cities that are you know, on the southern edge, like um, South Florida, New Orleans, as the climate continues to change, as waters rise, as these places get battered, if it's worth continuing to invest in them, I think that's a valid discussion. Yeah. And if you have these technologies that can make it equally convenient um, to really get to where your resources are to have population centers, water, that's really the, the big, big one. Yeah. And in a world where we're not going to be able to predict the climate and where the resources are, being able to... <laughs> quickly say okay we're all going to live over there now would be very important <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh right so we have to be really mobile yeah like we should build cities that have like feet right like the whole thing can lift up and it can just run over to right, the water <laughs> there we go portable cities it's not gonna be roads anymore there'll be no roads the cities will move listen elon musk build us a portable city um have you ever for yourself applied any of this knowledge these detective skills uh any opinions or, or worldviews to not not to how to travel but like romance uh in your younger days uh or romance with your 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 wife now um or business decisions have you ever like applied anything to a different part of your life i don't think directly but i think that the mindset uh has served me or it could be that this obsession is a manifestation of that mindset 
And I think uh, the word connection is the one, like the one constant there. Yeah. And uh, the perspective that everything is connected. Yeah. Um, in usually very literal ways, but figuratively too. And that maybe the connection isn't obvious, but that you will likely find it if you care to look for it. Right. And that that's valuable, that you not write off things out of hand before you investigate and see if there really is a connection. And if there is a connection, just like, yes, I could build a bridge across that valley. Is it worth it? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, because like um, just last night as we're recording this, my wife and I were studying up on the various California propositions where, Mm -hmm. you know, we are in California, you get to just do the straight yes or no. Yes. And they're always written well. They're always written like they are the most logical thing of like, should we all pet bunnies? Of course. Would, <laughs> yes, would any check. monster vote? No. But then there's those. You have to dig for the stagecoaches is the way I'm going to think of it now after this. Of like, <laughs> There might be a reason that is not at all immediately obvious that somebody wants this. And it might be a good reason and it might be a not good reason at all. Yeah. Look, look behind it. Look yeah. What's behind. Yeah. The obvious, because yeah, probably our layers. Yeah, because it all connects. And if it's something just about, like, should schools start at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., you never know when that actually relates to something weird about immigration or something yeah, that, you know, right. that you wouldn't ever think is directly connected, or you wouldn't immediately think is directly connected. When they could be presented in a way that it seems like a no-brainer. Well, of course we want that. Yeah. But the person sponsoring it, yeah, they may have had some other motivation in framing it in a way that makes it seem benign. Yeah, yeah. So stagecoach your way through life. My uh, final question for this main section, you know lots of obscure stretches of road. Yeah, yeah. If there's a, Is there a stretch of road out there that you could, would like named after yourself? Ooh, wow. Well, that's tough. thing is I wouldn't want to have a stretch that's, that's already famous named for me. Yeah, you wouldn't want it to be Root Storm 66. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, because I feel like that's part of the mythology and the romance of the thing yeah. is the names that have been attached to it. So I've never thought about this. This is great. Um, I would say I would want it to be a new road. Okay. So maybe there is a new a new way of looking at our geography yeah. and deciding how they're going to be connected. And uh, I feel like needing to earn it, much like a Fremont whose name is all over the West. <laughs> yeah. He's known as the great pathfinder for his ability to survey and figure out the the best ways to move through, like mountain ranges or the best okay. place to put roads. Um, I would say I would, I would want to earn uh, a roadway okay. that that connected places in a meaningful way. Okay. So if Elon Musk like just did like a competition and said, here's a map, I want help from detectives out there yeah uh what what's the best path for my underground tunnel and you came up with like a clever reason of like this is close to this water source blah 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 yeah elon i am more than happy to (laughs) kick this around in my brain it's already half happening anyway i've thought about the geography of this country where all of its key resources are projected into the future about the possibilities of climate change where the most stable areas likely to be where the best areas for agriculture where you'd want to mass people so give me a call Yeah, I think you've earned it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. These are uh, weird questions I ask all my guests. Do you think about U.S. roadways and railways every day? I'd say most days, and that usually uh, I have to look at a map for some reason. I have to go somewhere, and that usually grips me, yeah. Okay, and just as a uh, source of imagination, when you're like in in one uh, same place, 
like yeah, you uh, help run the Joko Cruise. I shouldn't even say help. You pretty much, you and Paul pretty much produce the Joko Cruise at this we, point, right? We are one of four partners who co-produce. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So like in that example, you're on a boat, you're moving, but that's, yep. you don't have a reason to look at roads and, and railways. When you're on a cruise for six or seven days, does your mind, does your imagination just take you to roadways and railways? I'll say it does in terms of transit. I think about seaways and I think about how important um, seafaring was and the Caribbean in particular, if we're talking about Joko Cruise and how that it was a a hive of activity and still is very important to international shipping. So I'll say yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from those systems of transit. Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with uh, roadways, railways, systems of transit? Yes. Um, yes. When you walk into my house, you will see a oil painting that, uh, that, uh, Mrs. Storm found, uh, I think on, I don't know, Craigslist okay. but of a, uh, a steam train pulling up at night in some station. And then if you look to the left, there is a, a Wagner map from 1911 of the Washington DC area, including, where we live that includes the railway that used to go up Route 29. Okay, cool. Yeah, you'd have a clue. (laughs) Excellent. Good to know. Would you go to a five-day-long Roadways, Railways, Systems of Transits convention? Gosh, I think it would depend on if it was academically skewed, fan-skewed, where that skew was. Yeah. But I'd say I would be interested. Yeah. I have gone to... um, only once, but like a rail fan type thing. And that was a little too much for me, but I would say I would, I would probably be interested. I think, uh, I'm not sure what other people would be like who were interested in it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you said rail fan. Yeah. And now, was it just that people were so intense about trading their knowledge? I think it's that... Most of them were like 70-year-old men. I was like 25. I think that was the biggest part. That might have something to do with it. Fair enough. And what I was interested in, I don't think it was the same thing. Like I've gotten to know, um, and, and real fans are, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing community. Yeah. But I don't lock onto the same things. Maybe I will at some point. But um, it seems to be more focused on like the locomotives and their history yeah. and how they've been deployed over the years. That doesn't interest me personally as much. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know. I, depending on how it was set up, I, I would say it, it itches It itches my brain. It okay. It kind of scratches that there. But a five-day convention would give you some pause. Like, I it, don't know what this is. It probably would, I guess, because I don't know what the format was. But I'd say, would I... If I had infinite time, would I plan a five-day convention? <laughs> I would love to do that. And that would be about the, the things that I don't know, want to talk about. Yeah. Paul yeah. and Robert Moses and the, uh, the interstate system and canals and all the rest. People yeah. could cosplay as different maps. Yes. You cosplay <laughs> as the Erie Canal. <laughs> it's a long costume. Oh, yeah, that'd be great to have those those angry panels. Which is better, roads or canals? Let's fight. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but railroads and canals. There's the P&O Railroad versus the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. I'll leave it at that. If you got stuck in an elevator with four strangers, would you bring up systems of transit? No. Okay, why not? <laughs> what, is it a private thing? It's not private. I just feel like it's not... It's esoteric to the point that it would be very weird even if someone were interested in it for you to just bring it up. <laughs> that said, I do find ways if I'm in a place, especially if we're being tourists and there are tourists around, that if we engage in conversation, yeah. I'll, I'll often just 
put something out there to see if it lights someone's imagination in that way. Okay, so you, you in order to engage with other people, you need them to be in a place where they would be physically close to actually going on that adventure. Or at least some context for saying it. Okay. Like, you know, like I feel like a regular fan type thing and other things I'm interested in, I might. Um, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not gregarious like that anyway. <laughs> so that might be the bigger part of it. Okay. Yeah. And you are, uh, you're a problem solver. So you would be pretty focused on the elevator situation, I would imagine. Oh, certainly. I certainly, if we were stuck in it, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd apply my knowledge maps. Yeah. To, uh, if I had my Zoom, I would just start doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like since we're stuck in this elevator? <laughs> Welcome to Trapped Podcast. Trapped Elevator uh, Podcast. Trapped in an elevator Pod- Elevator action. Yeah. <laughs> would you buy and wear underwear with your favorite old maps on them? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I would probably wear... Um, I just love maps. Yeah. Like of the New York subway system. Yeah. <laughs> I would buy, yeah, if anyone wants to send some underwear that's the New York subway system, yeah. I'd wear that. Is that a way you express, uh, now I know you know to wear specific things on stage, but that's a presentation. Yeah. But the underwear thing is fascinating to me that that's a big market of, hey, if you like uh, Harry Potter, you can wear them on your butt. Is And for the most part, that's a private thing. Obviously, sometimes you choose to share your Harry Potter butt with others, but... Sure, sure, sure. But it's mostly a private thing. I generally don't express myself through undergarments, <laughs> but it's the sort of thing where I've, I have um, been given things or found... That I've never sought them, but I, I have a few items that are not just your workman uh, <laughs> undies. So for sure, it would, it would be... It would be a place of honor if I were to wear <laughs> transit-oriented underwear. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I would. Yeah, sure. So, just, in just getting up in the morning, like maybe even if you had, you knew you had like a stressful day, and you're like, "But it's system of transit underwear day." Give it you a would. little boost. It would be a little boost. Okay. It would, especially if I were traveling. I do wear. Um, <laughs> I have uh, a shirt uh, from Lost that has the number sequence. You know, oh, four, nice. Eight, 15, <laughs> And I wear that uh, whenever I fly out from home. Oh, really? Because I think it'd be so cool if, like, <laughs> there were an accident. And yeah. I, it wouldn't be cool. I want. I want yeah, to happen. You don't want but, an if, but if it did, but, yeah, like it would blow the mind of that safety investigator oh, to come yeah. across a body that just had the <laughs> lost shirt. <laughs> If it survived. Even in the possibility of an accident, you're entertaining. I want to entertain, yeah. The last thing I did was entertain. I wasn't even aware of it. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, now, I know that you are generally an even-tempered person who doesn't get into online fights, maybe I, debates. I, I, I avoid them where I can. At least fights, yes. Yeah. Would you ever uh, rise to the level of fighting online about this topic? Yeah, I could see where I might. If I felt like something, someone were saying something about that was just so, not just wrong. I don't feel like you have to always correct things that are wrong. I'm not going to troll Wikipedia. Yeah. But if it were a wrong that were harming people, yeah, I would. In the case of transit ways, you can harm people <laughs> if you're really spreading disinformation. Yeah. And if it were done in a malicious way. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah, I, I like to take an approach that is more constructive uh, and to and to um, de-escalate. Yeah. And if you're dealing as as I don't remember who, but Paul inherited this saying called "You can't argue with crazy." Yeah. Uh, but if there's someone who can actually be reasoned with, absolutely. You yeah. Know, you go to the mat for that. Okay. Cool. Cool. Have you uh, already done this, or would you write a song about systems of transit? 
Hmm. I've thought about doing that because there aren't many. Well, there are. Um, there's King of the Road, Get Your Kicks from Route 66. Yeah. And there's a Traffic Jam, which is a little less romantic. <laughs> but there aren't in modern times. I don't think that people feel a lot of romance about travel. Yeah. Because now the place, the way that people get from point A to point B, by and large, if it's you know major romantic travel, is air travel. Yeah. And ain't no one going to write a romantic song. It'd be, it'd be fun to do in an ironic way. Yeah. So I'll say maybe. You know, I might. Yeah, oh, I would love to hear it. Cause Fountains see... of Wayne, they write airplane songs, and it's <laughs> exactly what they should be in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have, have you lost all, this is a side question, but have you lost all romance of flying? Like, I always get a window seat whenever I can, yeah. and I try to remind myself, as much drudgery as this is, as, you know, kind of gross as the TSA sort of authoritarianism can feel sometimes, mm-hmm. I still try to keep this spark of, like, when that, giant metal bird i'm sitting in a uh, first pulls off the ground to still have some like connect back to some like childlike feelings about it i still do every once in a while thing is i've flown an awful lot yeah. in the past 10 years and a little less in the past year or so which is nice <laughs> but that um now yeah i've lost it entirely because i grew up primarily in the 70s and 80s when it still was there was still that that um, jet set yeah. thing happening, people still dressed up to fly, and that an airport was, was a certain type of elegance around it, yeah. uh, which has all been ground to dust now. <laughs> but for sure, no, I still feel like there's, uh, there, there's something there. Okay. Uh, if there is some sort of new system of transit, a roadway or a railway uh, being privately funded, uh, would you, there's no government involvement, other than permissions, would you contribute to a GoFundMe? If you're like, that's the road, that's where it needs to be. For some reason, Elon Musk is asking to crowdfund it. Would you contribute? I don't think I would, unless they had created a technology that made it scalable, that those type of contributions would be meaningful. Yeah. And a little bit more of the history before the interstates and even before the national numbered highway system, which was like route one and you know, all those, mm-hmm. there were these, these named routes, these routes that were promoted by cities that wanted to say, okay, we're all, we have all our muddy roads, but what if we connect them up for all these people that have automobiles and that this will be bring prosperity to our town. Yeah. Work to a great degree. And in that case, the technology didn't cost so much that they would take up collections to say, Hey, if we raise enough, we'll be able to bring this road into our town and it'll Ooh, be good for all of us. Yeah. So if there were a technology that were equivalent to that, I would say yes. Otherwise, I feel like it is absolutely a government's place and responsibility to do these massive things in a way that will benefit all people and not skew it. Okay. Yeah. So you're go funding by paying your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with paying taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And I pay a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the roads. <laughs> <You bet. laughs> Would you name a child or a pet after a specific road or railway? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, well, the the Chessy system, uh, which was the the, um, the the CNO railroad, that they uh, had Chessy the cat, which okay. was their uh, which is their mascot. And oh, really? And their logo as well. They had a a cat, a kitten, uh, kind of napping on a towel at this angle. And growing up, I it didn't scan that way to me because it was originally like a, a Norman Rockwell type painting but then for the logo it was a line drawing and it it didn't look like a cat it sort of looked like a a maimed cat stepping with one leg and i didn't (laughs) interpret it as 
a cat lying on its side. <laughs> but yeah, I might name a cat Chessie here. I'm really more of a B&O guy. They didn't okay. have a cat, which makes them inferior in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So were you mystified by that logo as a child? Of like, oh, yeah. why did they make that choice? Same as the U.S. Postal Service logo, which I know is it's an eagle, but the way they used to render it, it looked like a stern head looking down, <laughs> going, hmm, you must, you must bring the mail exactly this way, or it will not arrive in your chosen place. It's like <laughs> Sam the Eagle, but not even an eagle. <laughs> not even fun. Not fun, Sam the Eagle. So, yeah, yeah, so maybe my, my visual interpretation as a child may have been a little wide-ranging. Okay, but that is amazing that you have a cat to pull out of your mind. That yes, well, I might be uh, name this cat after this uh, cat. Chessie, sure. If here's a final how obsessed are you question. If you got to travel a roadway or a railway or even a seaway that you never thought, oh wow, I'd be able to travel this, but you had to ride next to a bear, you still do it. is the bear buying the drinks? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I let I let people fan fiction this question the way they want to. Make their own headcanon. Okay. Is the bear free-ranging it? Or is it a wild bear just like, I'm a bear and, you know, who knows? I might do some crazy shit. Yeah, let's say it's a little Chewbacca-like where it's, it's roaring. It looks scary. But then it randomly brings you a martini. And so you don't know. Do you trust this bear? This strange, roaring, fearsome bear that is also bringing you a martini. I want to say if the first thing that happens when I get on this conveyance to go on this grand adventure of this mythical road or railway or canal that I've always wanted to travel. And the first thing that happened was a, a modest sized bear approached me and was like, and in one hand it had a martini and the other hand it had another martini presenting it to me like icy bear with an icy. That I would be cool with that. I'd be like, this is going to be the stretch of our yeah, I think that's a pretty good promise of the uh, the would possibility bode, of adventure. Would bode well, a positive portent. <laughs> yes, excellent. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise do you have for this obsession? Woo woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the trains. I like roads plenty. It's all about yeah, the yeah. And now I, I like imagining you uh, discovering something like you're just like in a library doing research, and you go woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did an internship at uh, Smithsonian for a year. Oh, college, really? And uh, did get to trawl through their books of such things. Oh, yeah. I, I may have woo wooed. <laughs> I may have woo wooed in the Library of Congress. Interesting. So I have some thoughts, but I'm much more interested in yours about your own rating of your obsession. Mm. Uh, let's just say uh, from 66 being the, the highest, <laughs> one being the lowest, between one and 66, how obsessed are you? I'm going to go 51. 51. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for sure, it's something that I, I think about frequently, occasionally deeply, and I do have some artifacts that reflect that. But it does not consume me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I do go out of my way, but it's not like every surface of my house, everything I write. It's yeah. certainly not that deep, but it's pretty pervasive. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. And, I, I think it definitely has to be high. And I, that, that's good. 51. Yeah. And it, it definitely touches on a lot of my other obsessions. Yeah. So it's sort of a, this is kind of a convenient way to bundle a number of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's fascinating that you have an obsession uh, that that your own relationship with the obsession sort of makes sense with what the obsession is, is that it is literally movement and being obsessed with roads is naturally leading you to your other obsessions. Yeah. yeah. And the city design is another one that is, is intertwined with this. Yeah. And uh, specifically um, Frederick Law, Olmsted landscape architect, architecture and that, and uh, national parks. But yeah, they're all 
literally and figuratively interconnected. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I want to have people be able to find you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Yes. So uh, my, my primary is with Paul and Storm. We are a music comedy duo, but do so many other things. You will find us at Paul and Storm on Twitter and Facebook, and our website is Paul and Storm. Just Google that, and you'll find most of what we do. Yeah. Uh, very, very just uh, it's still unbelievable to me. Uh, we are writing uh, both comedy and music for the current season of and the current seasons of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Awesome. So please, please watch that on Netflix. Watch that on Netflix. Mystery Science Theater on Netflix. <laughs> and then uh, very excited. I'm doing most of my work is comedy, but I'm doing a an album of non-comedy uh, power pop bubblegum. I call it uh, power gum. Uh, songs uh, under the name Sidecar Astronauts. So kind of transit oriented. <laughs> and that is something that uh, thank you to all of my Kickstarter backers that I'm hoping to have out within the next couple of months. Okay. I love that album. All the songs that I've got a chance to hear. I think it's just it's so great. And uh, your enthusiasm for this genre that clearly combines lots of your musical interests. Oh, yeah. It's a platypus. Yeah, and it's so clear, and they're just the songs are just very they're very joyful, and I do think uh, now is a a time in our world where we need to drill down and focus and ask those important questions of why is this here, but we also have to just be like, ah, that's right, you <laughs> let's gotta, have some fun, got to jump around a little bit, yeah. So thank thank you very much, and I'm uh, I hope I hope many other people share your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll make it happen. Here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll get on to our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we are obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions, just right. weird fun things. If you had a clone of yourself who could do the stuff you don't want to do, what would you have your clone do? Oh, gosh. All right, clone, hop to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know there's some moral implications with this question, but oh, we'll, no, we'll sure. leave those aside. For yeah, now. yeah, yeah, understood. Uh, dry cleaning, just making sure all my clothing is just like, just okay, pristine. Nice uh, valet clone. You then would I would actually for. wear like really nice clothes. Like if, if I didn't have to worry about taking care of clothes... Yeah. I'd, I'd dress really nice. Okay. Yeah. And would you want your clone to also dress nicely or would you yeah, want to be like not? a sack like Dobby? No, no. My clone is my clone is the shiz. <laughs> nice. Nice. You're, you're a kind clone haver. Uh, <laughs> if you could have a constant supply of any one thing in your pockets, what would it be? Chocolate. <laughs> uh, I love uh, answers that haven't implied you idiot. <laughs> That's right. Come Talk on, you idiot. That's always the answer. <laughs> but it's not going to be trains. <laughs> yeah, you can. Little mini trains. Chocolate. It's, in my mind, it's immediately like melty pants all the time. But well, then we're fantasy land. If I have a clone, yeah. I can have chocolate as well. <laughs> that's right. So now that's how people can picture Storm. He's kitted out in the fanciest, sharpest suit, and there's chocolate that's in every right. pocket. Boy, man, this is a dream. I'm picturing this 30s era uh, Busby Berkeley yeah. musical. With You're on that train with that bear. He gives you the martini and you pull, <laughs> pull chocolate, chocolate out of your... <laughs> and hand it to him and we're like, pals Brr. for life. <laughs> As we go uh, canaling down the railroad. 
The final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh, <laughs> uh, happiness is, uh, is always having something to be curious about. Oh, that is a great answer. And do you feel truly not engaged, not distracted from other problems, but you feel truly happy when you're chasing down a, a mystery of a map or a road? Yes. Like true, honest oh, joy. Yeah. For sure. In the moment. When I've discovered a, a pathway, uh, either literal or just a realization like, oh, that's why X, or this is why Y, or even discovering a new question to answer. Yeah. I, I, I get genuine joy from that. That is really, really great. I like that idea that happiness can be the journey and the destination, which yeah. is what you just described. And I think, yeah, it's great that it can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all of the podcast should come to eventually, no matter what I'm talking to people about. Of course it does. <laughs> Just want to get people to admit time is a flat circle. That's my agenda here on Obsessed. Thank you uh, so much for doing the podcast. Thank you, Joseph. And I'll have you back because you've got plenty of obsessions. It's a very deep mind. <laughs> very, very deep mind. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Woo woo!